Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Are you ready for the dust? Yeah. (laughs) It's Arrow Season 5, Episode 3, A Matter of Trust, and we're going to get into it right now, so stick with us. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I feel like if we'd been really prepared, we would have had about five seconds of Stardust theme and then gone into John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) John Cena! (laughs) I'm just, if you're listening to the the podcast, I'm just posing right now because I'm giving you my best wrestler. Yeah. Anyways. Showing um, off the guns, girl. Yeah, this was Lord of the Dance right there. I mean, there we go. Ancient Olympian, I'd say. (laughs) The the sounds that you may be hearing, the squeaky, bouncy sounds, are chairs. That's not built for dancing or wrestling. You know what? I just want to let everybody know that tonight I have a booster seat and I'm really excited because usually I'm very short. So, just fun fact for tonight's era show. Anyway, my name is Allie Connor Bradford. If you don't know me already, please follow me at Boys and Beauty 01. And I have some fabulous people. I'm so excited because this is the first episode this season that all four of us are actually here. So it's a happy Whoa. reunion. <laughs> and since you're fanning yourself, why don't you say hi first? Hi, all my buddies. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. We have the hashtag that is ABTV Arrow, and we've got a couple people in there already. Woo-hoo. Y'all are wonderful. And we have the live chat up and running. So if you have something fun to say, questions, comments, anything like that, throw in the hashtag, throw in the live chat. You may well get a shout-out. Nice. And I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Tari J. Or it's one that voice. J-A-Y. I need you to record the outgoing message on my phone in that voice. I need you to rap battle Morgan Freeman in that voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, I would actually pay to see that. I am Lex Michael all over social media at the Lex Michael. And I just want to say this music is very motivating. I just feel good inside as we're playing it throughout the intro. This is this is. I didn't realize that wrestling intros were so dang long. Yeah. Wow. He's got to do the. They gotta, yeah, yeah, they gotta do yeah, a lot. They gotta cheer for them, and you gotta do one of these. I mean, they're you know? basically infinite loops. Yeah, you know? true. either so, way. So this is this is the the WWE is the one WWE yes. Stardust theme. The, yes, because we had uh, Cody Rhodes Stardust on tonight. It is it is a fictional rematch with Stephen Amell? But I love which he still lost. Again. Yes. <laughs> but you know, he had some moments. He did. Where he, he did. Last. I was yeah. Oliver got served at, 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 towards the beginning of the episode. A little bit, but a little bit. But then he remembered that that people need tendons to move around, and then which was very yeah. smart. Yeah. That's an extremely smart way to go about things. Well, anyways, let's talk a little bit about Samson's character first of all, because when we are watching the episode, and I don't know about you guys at home if you're big Stardust fans, so you're familiar with Cody, but it took us a moment to really figure out if it was him, because I'm used to the big star on his face. So I was like, without yeah. the makeup, is that him? I'm not sure. We we were hitting Google during the commercial breaks. Absolutely. Just to be like, who's guest starring tonight? Okay, it's Cody. Okay, what's his wrestler? Okay, yes, good, got it. Yeah, and, uh, Just to be absolutely sure. 
Yeah, and Derek Sampson, the character that he plays, too, is a, another character that they seem to have created out of whole cloth. There is a Sampson in DC Comics. It, it's not this guy at all. It's Samson, like, think Samson and Delilah Samson. Yeah, yeah. He's like a time-traveling strongman who Superman beats at arm wrestling in All-Star Superman, one of the best Superman stories ever written. That guy's not this guy. No. <laughs> Are you sure? Pretty sure this is not the time-traveling, long-haired strongman. I mean, man. no one tried to cut his hair at any point. That's a good point. Just because we didn't see him travel through time doesn't mean he didn't. It's true. Flashpoint! Well, I mean, <laughs> flashpoint, I swear. Ugh! You know, I was going to say, if we didn't know already, though, they'd throw it in your face and they, he's selling Stardust. Yeah, so do, if that's they, not yeah. a blatant, like, hello, it's him. They do. They Chat keep saying Stardust him, a yeah. lot. Chat's yeah. calling him Vainy Ajax. Oh. <laughs> like, from the Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, they're not wrong. Right, no. Oh, P.S., can we yeah. pull Chat up to the big screen if we get a chance? That would be awesome. Oh, I has the, okay. I, I like to read along <laughs> with you guys, too. So, anyways, uh, yeah, please, co-host with us as usual. I know Katie already gave you the hashtag, but definitely join us. So, uh, yes, we had a little bit of training going on to try to attempt to take this non-superhuman, not yet, down, when he was just a regular human. And what do y'all think about Wild Dog? Because there are a few times I wanted to kick him in the face. Uh, huh. Wow. No, look, he wasn't <laughs> wrong that he knew the streets, so I get it, the whole trust thing this entire episode. But at the same time, when your leader tells you not to do something, that doesn't mean go out and do it. Like You said something about it's easier to ask for an apology than it is to ask for permission. Right. Yeah, it's easy to ask for forgiveness than permission, yeah. Um, you're right that he was not wrong. He knew the streets, he knew what he was doing. But the thing is, Oliver has been shown to be something of an intractable leader, that doesn't mean that Oliver is not wrong either. It, it's one of those unstoppable force, immovable object sort of equations, and they needed a failure like this to get past that. They needed the realization that, yeah, you know, I can trust what they're talking about, and they also needed the, oh, when I don't listen to the experienced team leader, things go poorly. Like, they needed a mutual failure like this on both sides for each of them to be able to see the other person's point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And you get this moment of personal growth for Oliver where he actually comes comes within a hair's breadth of actually apologizing. No, I'm still learning. I'm say it's an apology. It's not an apology yeah. until you straight up say you're sorry. But it's, it's, it really is. But it is a lot closer than Oliver normally gets. And I, I think as frustrating as it can be that Wild Dog is going off the reservation a couple of times, I think you need somebody like that for the sake of drama and character development in that room because you need to force Oliver Oliver to figure out how to be a good enough leader to wrangle that. Right. Well, and also, too, and I think they touched upon this in the last episode, but it's also him fighting the psychology of everything that he's been through for five years of torture and trying to implement what he's learned to make him a warrior, but at the same time without all the abuse, because it's not necessary... Not necessarily necessary. Excuse me. Yeah. They're they're not joining the Bratva here. Right. Which is what Oliver knows of this is, oh, Bratva initiation, literal knives to the back. <laughs> oh, really quick, hi chat. Think first is bring Roy back. He's agreeing with Ivan. We'll talk about that. We will talk about that in news and gossip. Anyways, I just wanted to acknowledge. Go ahead. Sorry. Keep, keep, keep it talking. 
Were you saying something? That's <laughs> basically what, what I had. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> yeah. We good? Sorry. We good. Give, me, give me a little whisper in my ear. I All do right. love well, that Wild uh, Dog was pretty much Casey Jones, though. Yep, I am pretty much. just so, so, so happy that they took the idea of a hot-headed, slightly crazy person in a hockey mask, lifted him wholesale from another franchise, switched out his weaponry, and said, you, you go here. Hockey masks are really stupid things to fight in. Let's be completely real. And I just love that we have Wild Dog, and I love that we have the Casey Jones nod. I, I'm so happy. St- Stephen Amell would think it was right. cool. He wore it in a Ninja Turtles movie. Right, it's true. Well, that I was not a good interpretation of Casey, mind you. But that was also not a good movie. So I say they had so many of those nods though in this episode. That oh, was yeah. really really cool. And I also do like the fact that when Curtis was telling his story about his idol. Mr. Terrific, how he was a pro wrestler, mm-hmm. you know, and which he may, have, may or may not have had a crush on. But anyway, I, I just thought that was really, really cool. Uh, his mask, is that the final... Well, so I kind of love it. Not gonna lie, it's a little weird because we're—it's not the type of facial disguise we're used to seeing on any of these shows so far. No, but that's right out of the comics. The T over his face—that—that's what Mister Terrific looks like. I just and the thing—it's the inverse of Diggle's mask for one. Yes, which I love. It's weird. And it'll also, it'll screw up your facial recognizers. It'll screw up people who are too busy looking at the fact that you have a T on your face to try to figure out who you are under it. As a disguise, it's actually quite effective, more so than the, I'm covering my eyes, but you can see everything Which else they mask. did with the girl. I'm like, can we retire that? Because Oliver went through that phase. Laurel went through that phase. Uh, what, uh, Katie, goodness, the first Lots. one. Yeah. Katie Lots yeah. went through that phase. I'm like, can we try something new? Just a little something. That's been such a mainstay of comedy. The the only franchise I've seen address it was actually the terrible, terrible Green Lantern movie. They did. It's like you've only got a thing on your face. The only one that I've seen address it. Like, (laughs) you think I'm not going to recognize you because I can't see your cheekbones? Right. And it's the only good thing that ever came out of that movie. (laughs) And everyone else just rolls with it. I liked that movie. It didn't bother me. Um, I think my favorite part so about uh, Curtis's mask is that now he can enter rooms and go, It's tea time! <laughs> wow. Yes. And pity the fool, etc. Et <laughs> oh, boy. I just love, okay, my favorite part about Curtis, he, I mean, he had many great moments, but first of all, he obviously has his big, great, goofy smile. But when he had the conversation with Rory, and he was, I call him Mr. Rags because we don't, we don't have an official name for him, do we? Ragman? Ragman. Oh, I call him Mr. Rags. That's all right. You know what? I like Mr. Rags. It's very charming and personable. Like his name is Rory name. Rags. Hello, I'm Mr. Rags. And he's like got a long, like, wha- and it comes out and it shakes your hand. It sounds like and you something die. you <laughs> It's like, ah! Um, no, but anyhow, <laughs> there was a moment when they were going into their really awesome, cool fight, their first team fight, and you see Mr. Terrific, who's not quite Mr. Terrific yet. What was he saying his name was? Fairplay. Mr. Fairplay. Honey, no. Yeah, that's, like a, that's a, like, way too complicated for me to yell at you during a moment of need. But anyhow, when he ran, he was, he did like this thing that was so cartoony. <laughs> he's, he's creeping. And then, when he had the conversation, because he's like, dude, that's so cool. And Mr. Rory, Mr. Rags was like, I don't know, like they just come out and like, I don't even know how it works. It's and a I, thing. It yeah. does stuff. Um, Alley Cat Diva in chat says, according to an interview with Mark Guggenheim, all of the results, all of the recruits will be getting new costumes in a sort of final initiation to the team. Nice. Mm. And that makes sense, given that we had, you know, them standing in front of the costumes on display and having just that moment of, oh. Uh-huh. 
I, I rather enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing the final versions of all of these costumes. I yes. hope that we don't lose the T on Curtis's face. I'm with you. <gasps> of course not. I'm with you. Wait, Serenity yeah. Q26 says Ragman is going to be a homewrecker. He may, quote unquote, not be gay, but Curtis will turn him out. Is that, what? What? That's what? horrifyingly that offensive. There's a lot to unpack there. That's yeah. oh, oh, Did I miss that? Does that happen in a comic that I don't know no. about? If it does, I don't know about it either. Let's, let's just not oh, touch man. on that. That's kind of... Let's just not do that. <laughs> da, 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 um, what, I, what I find interesting about Curtis, at least, is that they keep saying, oh, you were an Olympian. Oh, you were an Olympian. Can we actually have the skills he has as an Olympian come in at some point in an episode? Because right now they're just making fun of him for it. Oh, like, biathlete, right? Shooting and skiing? That's what it was! Skiing. Ski shooting. Yes, okay. Yeah, he, he said biathlon, right? Yes. And I, that's, that's skiing and shooting. My, my assumption is that at some point we're going to see some of those abilities become utilized. Tonight, in their first outing, he didn't have a ton to do except yeah. set up the device and not get shot that one time. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. also the second half of the brains, though. We now have somebody who speaks Felicity. So when they're the having, field. yeah. So when they're having a conversation and she says something, he's like, "Oh yeah, da da da," and everyone's like, "What?" Translation, whatever. You know? Yeah. It's it's cool to have another another pairing with her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so sorry. Chat, you need to slow your roll, or people Ooh. are going to start getting banned. Whoa. That's your only warning. So yeah, let's uh, let's continue on. Okay. Yes, indeed. Someone's not being nice. Be friendly. This is supposed to be a safe place. Guys. <laughs> yeah, no, we're ignoring them until they can play nice. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see what's in the hashtag. Let's see okay. what's, see in, what's the in the hashtag. You do that. Let's talk about trust. The trust circle. Let's talk about the trust, trust circle, baby. guys. Let's talk about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like I changed one very specific word there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so we're talking about trust. The trust. Baby. The trust. In the bravada. Brava. Brava. Wow. Bravada, what, there is what a lot is of bravada in the bravada. <laughs> yes. For sure. It's it's bravado. It's ridiculous uh, yeah, bravery. That but came yes. Out wrong. Anyhow, that Russian thing, that yes. gang. Yes, the bratva. There you go. The yes, trust exercise. So I I'm feeling a little bit stronger uh, in a positive direction about these flashbacks than I have for the past several years for a couple of different reasons. I like these. Yeah. They're so good. I, I like them. So the only hang-up that I've got, and it, it's fine if you compartmentalize it a little bit, because it's like, all right, well, he didn't know Curtis three years ago. He didn't know Wild Dog. You know, that, that those players weren't necessarily in place. The idea of, well, I'm going to draw on my Bratva training and I'm going to build up my army and I'm going to use all these trust exercises that I learned five years ago, wouldn't some of that have been useful like when there was a Mirakuru soldier army or like when Brick was taking over the city or like when... No, you never brought it up when Roy Roy got in there. Or like we got to fight Damien Dark and I literally have to rally the town. Wouldn't... I don't know. Like, yeah. You can't make the whole town ring the bell. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, and it's like I said, it's something that I have no problem compartmentalizing but every once in a while we'll transition back and I'll be like, this would have been super useful like three or four times before. Yeah. I mean, I see your point in that like he's already had a team and he hasn't had to go through such lengths to get them to where they needed to be he essentially yeah. trusted himself to get to like push them out and 
And yeah, they were a bit defiant, like the way that uh, wh- uh, who's dead now? Uh, Lance. <laughs> oh, wait, Lance. Uh, Lance yes. isn't dead. Um, <laughs> Lance is alive. Oh. No, Laurel. Like the way that Laurel did. Uh, she was often very defiant of him, but he was still able to kind of wrangle her back in. But he also uh, had as a relationship prior to her. He'd known yeah. Laurel for decades. Right. This dude is just coming off the street thinking, I, I don't even need you. I got this. Your way sucks. You know, and so it's just a matter of getting him on the same page because he's in his own book right now. Right. Yeah, and when you're used to doing something on your own for forever and someone else says, you're going to be part of my team and by the way, you're doing it wrong, that rankles. Right. And he even said, too, when Oliver gave him the compliment, Renee saying, wow, you have naturally good form. He's like, no, bro, I've been doing this for years. It's not natural. Years, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. But... Just to, to throw that out. There. Yeah, so th- those two are going to be the ones that are butting heads the most. And I, I just, I love that bit where Oliver's chewing him out, walks away, and then Felicity drops the mic. And that's the point when you know you done screwed up. Right. Because Mom just came in and went, yeah, Dad's right. Right. Mm-hmm. But Felicity what, did serve as the voice of reason, which she usually is. She's one of yeah. those people that Oliver will actually take in and listen to what she has to say. He may not always do what she has to say, but... For the most part, it's that one person you go to, like your best bud. You know? Yeah. If I, did I, did I screw up? Did I not? But what's interesting is she had had the conversation with Curtis as far as coming clean about uh, the, the missile. Oops. Yeah, Haven Rock. Yeah. That, uh, gosh, she was a little bit of a hypocrite, too. I forget what it was that she said. And I was like, you do realize that you're not being honest, right? Yeah. What was it that she said? I have it written down. It was that um, she was she wanted to wait until uh, he figured it out for himself, as opposed to coming out and just saying what she wanted yeah. to say. Right, right but, she's, later, yeah. right, but she, and she's the one who's always preaching to Oliver, though, honesty is the best policy, and don't do this, that, there, but here she is doing the same thing. She's also dealing with horrific guilt, and she went from no body count to biggest body count in the series Mm -hmm. at this point, with the possible exception of Ra's al Ghul. Right. Possible exception. Possible exception. Even the demon's head probably didn't kill that many people simultaneously. Yeah, not at a go, but if we're talking cumulatively, (laughs) it's probably those two up there. But I also, I really appreciate both from a character point of view uh, on Felicity's part and also from the point of view of the writers, I appreciate that we actually brought it out into the open and we didn't drag this out for half a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was expecting it to be dragged out for half a season just because that's how Arrow do. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I'm so glad that that was not the case. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is the thought I was trying to complete and just couldn't was accountability. That's yes. what it was. She was getting on Oliver about account- accountability, which is why the little puppy story came out. And you know, right. and, but again, when she had that speech with him, that's when I thought, okay, so why are you not taking accountability with Rory, who obviously you want to tell? Or maybe don't, and Curtis has to be your voice of reason. Sure. Because it's different when you're looking at it from the outside than when you have your own little personal guilt and it's tangled up in your emotions. Like, I can understand the why. Doesn't make her right, but I get it. Anyways, sorry. We had a we had a girl moment. So I'm sorry. Girl moment. It, it, it was off camera. Don't tell them. I'm sorry. Okay, so <laughs> I, I didn't finish my thoughts about the Brava. The Brava, yes. Yes. Anyways, uh, okay, so I do like that they tied up some loose ends as far as 
the whole ring the bell situation because that happened last episode, right? I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, kind of blend together sometimes. Apologies. But <laughs> they, they, they completed it a little bit by at least giving Oliver the answer as far as who got killed. And I had a feeling there was a hook in there somewhere. But when he went to this woman's house... The, the mother of the son that got killed. Yes. And she was like, did you hear about my son? And the picture gets handed over, and I was like, you just gave him a picture of her son dead! And then the conversation completed, and I went, oh. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of right. not surprised that that's the case, though, because he was saying, you know, there was a reason for it. You need to trust me. And all at the second he said, oh, there's a miscommunication, mm. that's when it was like, oh, okay, Oliver's <clears throat> the only potentially semi-innocent person here and everyone else deserved to die. Mm. Right. But he still wouldn't give Oliver a straight answer. So what if I hadn't rung the bell? Well, justice will out. Thanks. Sure about that? Thanks, Anatoly. You're creepy. (laughs) Or what about the (laughs) fact that I have confidence in you that you can ring the bell, but just in case you can't, we're going to kill the murderers that you're in with anyway. Right. You may not survive, but they're still going to get theirs. Well, no, I will... Oh, Mm -hmm. I know my thought. My thought is when they did the initiation after that phase had passed, and it was all about trust, 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 because that was the element of this entire episode, and Oliver turned his back with the guys who had their knives, and they cut him, but I'm like, they keep cutting him in the same spot. Is that a test, too, to make sure he doesn't turn around and, like, whoop one That probably really hurts. Eventually, if you keep doing that, you're going to get deep enough to cause some serious damage. And I feel like at this point, the Bratva have been doing this long enough that they're like, okay, the first one goes in a fraction of an inch, and the second one goes in a fraction of an inch. So by the time we hit six, we're not really at the point of slicing vital things apart yet. Like, we need him to still be able to use that arm. I'd be the one Bratva member that's like, I do alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) B, C, and then cut to five years later. Oliver's got these weird overlapping 26 letters scarred into his back, and everyone's trying to read it all the time. You know what I want to know, though, about his scars is they obviously created these episode one, season one, and they had them placed in certain areas, so as the show goes on, and as the seasons go on, I wonder if they go back and look at old pictures. Like, they took record of where they placed what, and said, okay, this scar is what we are now going to touch the story upon, if that makes sense. I would be very surprised if they didn't have an outline. If every scar didn't already have some story. This came from the Bratva. This was association with this. This came from this. Season like, one? They may not have specifically known this particular tattoo was from Constantine, but it's like this one came from an island, or this one is magical, or this one, like... I feel like for most of those they had a one sentence description of the tattoo. And mm-hmm. now that we're getting there and we're going, okay, this scar came from this, this scar came from that, we're filling in the gaps. Yes. I'd seen an interview, I don't recall who was interviewing, but they were talking about Stephen Amell as an actor and his ethic, and they were talking about him playing Oliver, and they had said, the one thing about him is he studies his character so well. Oh, I think it was Paul Blackthorne that was saying, he could tell you where each individual scar is and what they mean to him. And I was Aww. like, that's really cool. That quote yeah. rings a bell, Good yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we totally leaped off the page and went somewhere else away from the episode, so we should probably get back into that. Yes. It's tangential, but it works. Nah. 
I'm with it. We're good. We haven't gotten the off-topic button yet, so as far as I'm concerned, we good. We good. We good. Woo! Let's talk a little bit about Diggle, y'all. Let's do that. So, I think I'm not. I'm not speaking out of turn when I say that that Floyd Lawton's reappearance actually did fool all of us. Maybe yes. we all Very immediately so. blamed Barry. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> did they did they flashpoint Deadshot back? That's great. That's really exciting. No, nope. awesome. And then, then I made a like, joke about, well, Suicide Squad didn't do well, so... Uh. It, for half a second, I was like, oh, oh, so they they saw the critical reception to the movie and then backpedaled really, really, really <laughs> hard, but that's not what happened. No, no, I was, I was very sad that we're not getting him back. And now seeing, oh, he was a hallucination, oh, this, all of the shots with him in it are lit completely differently from the other shots of Diggle in that cell, and that's just... Oh, it's the little things. Well, not even that, but if you think about it, because it was so lit, it almost seemed like where they were had a window, but then when there's the reveal and he's speaking with Lila and turns around, his cell is this big. Yeah. You know, and then it made me think back to when he was actually placed in the cell and the officer who put him in there, when he was like, no, not with this guy. I'm sure the officer was like, and you're alone, buddy. He's like, yikes. <laughs> and we, and, you know, and we talked a little bit about, like, uh, Katie, you expressed uh, some frustration with Diggle's determination to stay in jail. He's being all of our, I'm so, this is the most selfish thing as the father of a very young child that he could possibly do. He knows his innocence. He knows that he doesn't deserve to be there for these crimes that he hasn't committed, but he feels like he needs to be punished for other things, and so he's going to take the fall for these crimes because he feels bad and he needs to be punished. You have an infant that needs you to help raise them. You have a wife. You have other people you have obligations to. I don't care how guilty you feel. Your brother is dead. These people are alive and they need you now. From his perspective, so though, mad. you could assume that he doesn't want his child to be raised by a murderer. So, like, that could be he, his own perspective I'm on so the. But the reason mad. he killed. Come on now, how many buttons did his brother really have to push before he deserved to die? How many times did he betray him? How many times and did he lie? And how many people did he kill as a soldier? We don't know. Well, right. So the greatest defense that I can think of is that, you know, his mind is clearly beginning to unravel. That's about that's about as far as I can take it logically, because I, I agree it is an irresponsible decision to make as a husband and a father to say, well, I don't have to be in jail, but I'd like to hang out in this small room with the bars and the view in this little window is very nice. But he's, he's clearly losing elements of himself. And I'm very curious to see my hope maybe is if we're going to continue and we're going to make this a plot thread through the season. Maybe we do get recurring hallucinations of Floyd Lawton. Maybe that's a way to. That would be. Cool. I mean, you, you That'd could be incredible. You could hallucinate Amanda Waller. You could hallucinate uh, any number of other characters that have directly impacted Diggle's journey. The people that they're not allowed to use anymore. But you, but you could do it. You could do it, and I think you could. It's it's clearly enough of a loophole that they were able to use Deadshot tonight. Yeah. So I think that'd be a really interesting way if we're going to track a possible descent into, if not total bug nutsery, then just like slightly. Slightly off mental center for Diggle. That's a cool way to bring some of these characters back. I don't know if they're going to go that route, but that's something that I would like to see. No, that'd be pretty baller. Well, and that much guilt can definitely screw you up, so I can see it. I'm down with it. Yeah. Speaking of guilt, Susan Williams felt absolutely no guilt for playing Thea, and that was pretty rough. Although. Thea was not so smart for just volunteering word vomiting information out the way that she did because she'd never met this person before. And for Susan to sit there and be like, we're co-workers, right? 
after, after, Thea comes in and she's, you know, Thea says, thank you for taking this time with me. Oh, of course, you're a fan. I'd be like, what? No, you know who I am? I feel like if you're not in media, you don't really have a sense of how it works. And I feel like that's much the same for any industry. You can see it from the outside, but unless you're in there actually working it, you don't know what people are like. You don't know what the processes are like. You don't know any of this. And so Thea's coming into this as an outsider, and she knows that, you know, people put on a face for the camera. Anyone who watches a reporter knows that. Like, you put on an act. You put your best self forward, or the self that you choose to put forward, you do that. And so Thea's coming in and seeing, oh, well, my producer is forcing me to do this, and they really want me to push this story, and I'm so sorry. And she looks completely genuine. So why wouldn't you take that at face value? If you know that she's putting on an act for the camera, why would you not take this as the real thing? Especially since, oh, my boss wants me to do this. Oh, my boss is pushing me to do this. It's part of the job. I'm so sorry. I didn't want to do that. She seemed very genuine. She obviously wasn't, but I I can't blame Thea for this. I didn't think she was genuine at all. Especially, like I said, when you come walking in and someone's like, oh, anything for a fan. Just kidding. We're co-workers, right? I don't know you. Like, to me, she read (laughs) as so fake. But you're also in media. Regardless. (laughs) I can see the fakeness. Women are bad at being fake. Not all of them. Not all of them. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. A lot to unpack there, too. So yeah. I, as, <laughs> as soon as, but as soon as Thea told her anything, I was like, this is it's clearly a terrible idea. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, there Thea, we go. Yeah, Thea does true. not have the experience with this. So we can all sit here and go, oh, honey, honey, no. But I can't blame Thea. She's what at this point? She's 20-something? Young 20s? Sure. Yeah, something like that. Was were any of us making good decisions in college? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where's the bar for good where decisions? Where did you go? <laughs> where? Where's? Th- I was um, making fairly solid academic decisions, and the rest of it was kind of like, okay. I was a good kid. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't a good kid. <laughs> yeah. Point what, what, being, what, she's what, what very young. She's been through a lot, and she is in a very public position of authority. And she's learned from Oliver. She had a point with, you told me to do something and I did what I thought was right. I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from watching you. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, she was quick to take accountability and and hand in her resume and say, I'll fix my mess and do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, And and that's what you do when you make a very public mistake like that, that you think you can't recover from. I screwed up. I am removing myself from this position of responsibility. And I, but I love that Oliver didn't react. Again, it's like showing continued growth for him in both leadership positions. Didn't react with anger. He forgave his sister. And it's an opportunity for the two of them to continue to grow in these roles together. And he's absolutely right. He needs people he can trust around him. And so I appreciate I appreciate Thea being given that opportunity. Because yeah. I think, oh man, like of all of the situations we've seen her in since episode one of this show, this seems like by far the healthiest, most productive course she's taken. So I'm happy to see that she she continues to be given that opportunity. Yeah. And all Alex, oh, oh. Alex D in chat says that Theo was 18 in season one. So if we oh. go a year per season, she's 23. Okay. okay. Still, and that's still very young I, to be in I, this I, kind I would of position. Yes. Considering that, she's handling herself exceptionally well. Yeah. She's and, been through a lot. And I think Oliver, again, going back to accountability, going back to trust, Oliver 
taking one for the team, if you will, and and doing that press release or not press release, excuse me, press uh, conference. Thank yeah. you. Yes. And saying, you know what, as a team. I take responsibility, which is going back into the puppy story a little bit, but also not just a message to the world about Thea and his team in terms of politics, but also a, a message to his team, Team Arrow, at yeah. the same time yeah. as well, too. Yeah, I love that he doubled down on it and basically showed that like the the media and the voters can't they they can't break up the team the team that he's established and that they're going to actually make change no matter what the populace believes. Yeah, and the thing about that is they're absolutely right. When you're leading a team, it is your responsibility. Even if one person screws up, it comes back to you because you are in charge of them. You're supposed to be responsible for what they do. Right. I have two things. One is just a quick comment, which Mm -hmm. is I love the fact that once Thea figured out that she'd been played and the way she confronted Susan and she's like, you'll be lucky if you even have a blog. I was like, what? Yeah. We were all just, yeah. Yeah. My second thing is actually a question for you guys, because this all is revolved around the fact that she hired Quentin Lance, and I'm just curious as to what you guys think as far as if he'll be able to uphold this position. And that's a question for you guys in chat as well, too. I'm seeing the story arc of good, 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 things hit the fan, recovery. I'm wondering if we're going to get Miss, 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 Miss Smoke, Donna, back. Donna. 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 I'd love to see Donna back. I mean, I'm yeah. sure she'll be back eventually. Yeah, she's I, she was too wonderful a presence on the show not to have her reappear in some capacity. Plus, yeah. plus, now that we know that their relationship did not pan out, I really want to see the two of them in a room together again and watch those two actors play that version of their relationship. Mm-hmm. But I am I'm glad to see Quentin being given this position for a number of reasons, not the least of which is it means that at least on the political side of things, Paul Blackthorne will continue to play an active role. Hopefully, he's absolutely wonderful. And mm-hmm. he does seem to play, depending on circumstances, almost a slightly different iteration of Quentin Lance every season. Very true. I'm I'm excited to see this version. And I'm I'm really hoping that this is what what he described earlier in an earlier episode about an alcoholic needs a reason to stay sober. I'm hoping that this is a way to get Quentin back to Quentin and out of the bottle. I'm sorry. Okay. We're getting the like rounded on up really quick. Just to touch on Paul Blackthorne when, Oh my gosh, why am I blanking Merlin? Thank you. Yeah. When, (laughs) Seriously, how did I forget that? I almost when, said John Oliver, so oh, you know what? I'm bring, glad you're on. Bring all... John Oliver to Arrow. <laughs> I would love John Oliver in an episode of Arrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I was going to say, but usually when John Barrowman is on set and he's doing eight million different pranks on eight different billion people all at the same time, you see people laughing and joking and breaking character, and then you see Lance, Paul Blackthorne. Yeah. He gets real pissed off sometimes. Like, if you see some of the back, behind the scenes, he's like, like, obviously they love each other, but he's so in his character that he'll be like, we saw that. And you hear him yelling at John Barrow and you're like, whoops. Okay. It is interesting to consider with an ensemble cast like this, many of whom are established actors who have, have years and years long careers, there's no way everybody works the same oh, no. exact way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I imagine being on a set with all of those different personality types and watching their process would be fascinating. Oh, yeah. I mean, man, I'm like, dude, I'm supposed to cry in the scene, man. You need to, can you take those heels off? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, take those heels off. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a fly on that yeah. wall. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, like popcorn.gif. So, really quickly, because we are having to 
end soon. I have a lot of news and gossip, so if you guys don't have anything to say... One last thing I want to touch on that we did not mention. We met the new DA Adrian Chase tonight. Adrian Chase in the comics is a character who in New Teen Titans Annual number 2 from 83 suits up as the second incarnation of Vigilante. If I'm not very much mistaken, we are getting Vigilante on Arrow this season, and now we have met Adrian Chase. Oh my god. And I think we need to touch on Prometheus just a little bit, because we did get, we had a tip-off from a detective. Like, sorry about the false alarm, but I don't have your email and no one's returning my calls. There's a guy in town who has a grudge with you, and who wants to kill you, that you should know! And that's really all we needed this episode, but I like that they brought that in and touched on it, and that it was a detective figuring out the best way they could to contact the Arrow and say, hey, just so you know, this is a thing. Y'all have fun with that. Yeah. Right. And it happens to be Felicity's boyfriend, too. Right. Oh, was so, that? Okay. Yes. Yep. yes. And I just, okay, that dude. <laughs> I also want to make mention of the fact that the very blatant statement that the DA had said was, oh, yeah, you went after one of my girlfriends. Sorry, man. What happened? Oh, yeah, you actually took her. She she went home with you. I'm like, that's coming back. Her name was yeah. Laurel That was on, oh, it was on purpose. That wasn't just a light, let me drop that line for conversation and add fluff to a scene. There was a direct purpose to that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's gotta come back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, boobies. Wait. <laughs> what? Sorry. Oh, chat. Hi. Hello. Uh, yeah. I, every time I see that name. Uh, There's a reason I just call them boo. Boo. Oh, Ooh, yeah. 69B. Sorry. Yep. Anyway. Hello, friend. <laughs> so. Hello, friend. So, can we get into our news and gossip? Let's yes. do. Yes, please. Boo, 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 boo. I'm just going to make the music. Okay, don't worry about music. I got it. Oh, okay. What? You didn't like my version of the music? You had to... Anyway. But we great. need you to actually tell us the news and gossip okay, sorry. instead of making the music. So, so, I have a couple of videos queued up while those are queuing. First and foremost... Wendy Miracle had some conversations throughout some interviews, and one of those things were talking about bringing back Laurel Lance. And I don't know if it is because people were so ticked off, but she'd made reference, and it is, I think, going to be because of Flashpoint they're going to bring her back. But she said, well and healthy. So I don't know. Hold on. I have the quote somewhere. I just would have to find it somewhere in my my photos. In the meantime, if we can play the video, awesome, and I'll look for the photo. Oh my god, Barry. You call it the smolder? Let's get in there and take a look at that. Let's get in real tight and see the smolder. (laughs) You lost your smolder! I don't think Steven is smoldering. I think he's just mad. (laughs) (laughs) You've mastered the you've mastered the hair coming down one side of your face. That's absolutely (laughs) It's a side part. Come on. A mystery. But no one's got a better smolder than Andy Richter. Let's see it, Andy. Come on, you've got a good smolder. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a full Flynn Rider. Nice. (laughs) Bless. What a good human being. Anyways, okay, so that's that one. We have another video coming up, but I found the quote. So... What Wendy Miracle says is, I can tell you that we're really excited about having her back. You will see her in the episodes where she appears, episode 510, definitely our mid-season premiere. Keep your eyes out for that. We're so excited to be getting to work with her again and her willingness to come back. It's one of the fun parts of the show. People can leave and get killed, and you can still find new crazy ways to bring them back. I can definitely tell you that there's a way we're going to bring her back. She's going to be alive and well, and Flashpoint might have a little bit to do with that. 
Oh my uh, god, they've they it, it oh my god. Well, I mean, if they okay. can't have the Lazarus pit, they use Flashpoint as the revolving door of death. I just, <laughs> but that's so I, I can't be too books. mad because it is so comic book. It really, it really is, is comic books. I'm just mad at Barry because he's dumb. <laughs> he don't. He messed up. That's what <laughs> he, he done messed up. He done uh, messed up. Mm. I also want to touch a little bit on Colton Haynes. Yes, because a lot of people are asking when he's coming back, and I think the hang up is that he had a reoccur or still has reoccurring role on Scream Queen, so that's the only thing that's held him up, but he is supposed to be coming back in a few different episodes, and random bit of news, so his house got robbed recently, five to six thousand dollars worth of stuff was stolen from his Dang. home. Yeah, but I mean, he's been, he's been pretty positive about it, I'm just saying that, you know, I'm okay, this, that, and the third, whatever, but this next clip is actually old news, but relevant, and I want to talk about it because it's an interview that Stephen Amell did talking about Colton Haynes and him coming out because obviously that was a lot of the reason why he was having the anxiety, left the show, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So let's take a listen. A fan three or four months ago uh, at a at a at a Comic Con convention um, basically tried to bait me into outing him, mm -hmm. right? And I had gotten in touch with him and been like, "Hey, man." This happened, I, I didn't know what to say, I just, I just, I simply deflected and we moved on and this person was simply trying to elicit some type right. of response and he emailed back, he said, you know, uh, I really appreciate that and uh, I've just recently made some decisions over the past few months and I'm excited about what's in the future and I'm excited for him too and like as, as he said, he said to me, he goes, I didn't come out of the closet, I flew out of the, yeah, I flew out of the closet. <laughs> you should see the jackets that I'm wearing now, I'm so excited. <laughs> so as long as he is living his best life and he is at his most happy, because that is stuff that he's, that I've seen him struggle with. I've seen him struggle with, with anxiety and, mm. and, and, you know, and, and that's why he, um, or certainly one of the reasons why, you know, he left Teen Wolf and he left Arrow and when he came back to Arrow this year, just simply for an episode, it was such a different version of Colton. It was such mm -hmm. a more like, and, and and he and I bonded more. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's so, really so we can go ahead and wrap yeah, this I'm clip very, up. Very, very happy. You can look it up online you know, if you want to see the rest of this interview with Stephen Amell on E. But I have one last clip, and it's actually of Colton Haynes because he was given an honorary award, and he talks a little bit about who he is and his coming out and all those other things. So I just thought it was worthy of us. Taking a look because it was really sweet and endearing. Oh, thank you guys so much. I'm already crying, so I apologize. Um, I have experienced a lot of wow moments in my life, but I think tonight it's probably topping all of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I just want to thank all of you for letting me feel your love. Um, I hope you feel all of mine. Um, it's taken me a long time to get here, so I hope you feel that. It's a very... <laughs> thank you. It's an extremely humbling experience for me to receive this award uh, from the Human Rights Campaign and to know that this is about my visibility. One way I can express my gratitude is by telling you guys the truth about me. So let me share three, let me share three things you guys might not know if you don't follow me on social media. <laughs> um, first of all, I grew up in Kansas. I also spent six years in Hot Springs, which is where Chad's from, and his family's still there. Um, second, I have always been obsessed with clouds, and at one time I thought I was gonna be a meteorologist instead of being an actor. Um, and third, 
I am gay. And <laughs> thank you. Um, you may have guessed that since I wore a neon green tux while taking my then boyfriend to my high school prom, where I was nominated for prom king. Um, okay, maybe you, you did know that. Um, but earlier this year, I guess my, my coming out, it was, it was a bit splashy for many people. And, you know, it wasn't very surprising for those who already knew me the best. And I've known Chad for 10 years, so he's known. But that's how entertainment works. And it, it seems to make a bigger deal of everyone's personal decisions, you know? And every one of you already knows this. I, I never made a, a decision to be gay. That came just as naturally as the color of my eyes. Um, but however, it's up to me to be honest and open with everyone. And that's why I'm here tonight, and that's why tonight's so special for me. Uh, I, I'm asked to play so many different roles as an actor. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, last yeah. sentence. Sorry. Yeah. All right, well, that was the end of the clip, but the last part he said was, tonight I actually get to be me. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. So no, anyways, really I, just, cool. yeah. I just wanted to share that because I, I love Colton Haynes. I think he's an amazing artist, actor, and obviously a great person. And Absolutely. It makes me really angry to know that anybody could ever make him feel bad about who he is, whether it's him or anybody else. Shaming people because of who they are is not okay. Well, hopefully yeah. that type of ignorance is a dying breed. Yeah. We're working on it. Anyhow, so... Um, for what it's worth, he doesn't have a recurring role on Scream Queens. His character is definitely dead. Oh, okay. As of, like, three weeks ago. Spoilers for yeah. show I don't watch. As of, like, three weeks ago. And he should be in Canada right now. <laughs> I hope. I don't know. Anyways, let's get into to, oh. some predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. What's new? I just wanted to bring it up from Elliot Broom in the chat. Okay, I'm done with the Haven Rock thing. Not mushroom for many more puns on this very serious issue. Nice. <laughs> I like okay. you. Okay. Yes. Predictions. I have no idea. I'm a little mind blown right now, so I'm going to pass it off to you. I just want to see the team progress and grow together. I'm looking forward to seeing the new costumes. I'm looking forward to seeing Ragman unleash the full potential of his powers. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to utilize Tobias Church this season because I have a big question mark in my mind about that, but I'm I'm excited. More Chad L. Coleman doing that thing he's doing. He kind of exited stage left uh, pursued by Prometheus, didn't he? I hope he runs back through a little bit. They do like a Benny Hill chase like Prometheus and Tobias. The Scooby-Doo chase with all the doors. Yeah, for 40 minutes. Yes! Um, go, go. Uh, okay, so since we got the boxing uh, bit with Wild Dog, I'm going to assume that he was trained by Wild Cat, oh. and we're going to bring him back. He'll be in like a wheelchair or something, and and also Felicity will take the blame for that one as well. And it'll <laughs> I just confirmed be, him dead. They never did. He just disappeared. That's true. So, yeah, that's like, true. I'm hoping that they bring him back somehow, and then it's just a big wild family. <laughs> well, we see them trying to break Diggle out of prison because that seems to be Oliver's answer to prisons. And I love that his team is basically like, WTF are you doing? We're going to do our best to stop you. Like, I adore that. I am looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And I'm waiting for the fallout, if you will, of the uh, revelation to Ragman about the nuclear bomb. I'm waiting to see how that plays out. 
Absolutely. That'll be definitely interesting. I feel like endgame for this is, yeah, we have these new teammates coming on, but no matter how many new people you have, I feel like you can't replace the old people, or oh, at least no. in my heart. So I feel like once we get through this Diggle situation, there's obviously going to be a little bit of an issue. It's not going to be, let's be a team again. But once that happens, again, endgame for this season, I feel like he's going to be back on the team. I think that Thea is eventually going to come back around. And now that we know that Laurel Lance is coming in the picture, perhaps we will just have Arrow 2.0. But you're you're gonna have you're gonna get the band back together. They're gonna join the new band. You're gonna have all these players on stage at the same time. There's so many of them. It's gonna be like the arcade fire of super teams. Oh. It's gonna be awesome. And they're gonna I was sing thinking karaoke. the new kids on the block and Backstreet Boys. Yeah, that let's do that. NKNTBSB. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us here at AfterBuzz TV. We had a blast with you. Make sure I don't spill my water. And make sure you follow all of us. I'm at Boys and Beauty 01. I also have a podcast called Hollywood Shit. We talk about all the good shit, bad shit, and everything in between. Here in Hollywood, you can find that on my Twitter. But also take time to follow these guys. You can follow me all over social media at DLexMichael. And if you're a fan on, uh, of DC on the CW, I'm all over that block at ABTV. I'm doing Legends of Tomorrow on Thursdays. Obviously, we're all here on Wednesday nights for Arrow. And I just recently joined Tari J. Miller on the Supergirl panel Monday nights. What? Come check us out there. Oh yeah, I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me at Tari J. It's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find me all those places that Lex just said, with the exception of Legends of Tomorrow and the addition of The Flash. <laughs> and I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiajay. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. You can also find me on Snapchat at Kia Prime. Oh my god. Z Nation and Crunch Time on Monday. Star Wars Rebels Tuesdays. I am here on Wednesdays. It is a thing. Thursdays. Every other Thursday starting November 3rd, the Ruby After Show is starting back up and that is going to be a blast and a half. I also have another show starting that I don't think they've actually released the date for the show itself, so... I'll be on other things, too. Yay. Well, I live I'm just, here. I'm exhausted listening to all those shows, so <laughs> make sure you find all of us on social media. And until next week, mwah, goodbye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 